All right, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare. Yeah. I was mowing grass. Did you see the grass mowed? That it grew probably eight inches since last week. Boom! It was terrible, but that's what rain does for grass. Y'all, the grass are growing good. If it's growing half as good as this, y'all be in business. But anyway, I got home, and then Elizabeth called, and so I didn't have a lot of time. But I had enough time. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. I think about it a long time before I sit down and start trying to put it in order on paper. So, this is what I've been thinking about. Because I've been watching. I've been watching people. Been watching people, not just close to me, but other places. I'd, and I've and I've been a. I say it often, but I mean I've been a Christian for forty-seven years, almost, and I've been preaching for more than forty years. And so, I just kind of watch, raise a family, won some, lost some. The battle, it's a battle. It's what we preach about on Wednesday night here. I don't know how to shake ourselves, how to shake everybody, myself included, to get us alert to this reality that it's a war. And it's a serious business. It's life and death. And there are casualties. We ought to recognize that fact. Shouldn't we? Can you hear me over the weed eater? First Peter chapter five verses eight and nine. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. All right, now that's a verse that we've heard many times. I'm sure you've heard it a lot of times. I want to tell you tonight that there's someone who wants to kill you. Do you realize that? There's someone who is much more intelligent and cunning than any human. And he's out to kill you. He's out to kill you. You need to understand that. Maddie, he's out to kill you. Why? It's no joke. It's not an imaginary thing. I've watched him kill many people. I mean literally kill them. I can give you names. I see their faces. Young people, older people. I've watched him through the years as he did, as he worked his magic on them. And they went from a sweet, innocent, pure child to dying in a drunken car wreck or suicide. I realize that this is a real deal. You sit here tonight and everybody's got their good clothes on and everybody's, you know, cleaned up and life's okay. And you don't think that there's any danger. Well, that's the greatest peril to your soul because you're not keen to the fact that 
there he is. There's someone who wants to kill you. The Bible tells us, be sober, be vigilant, vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. Goes about seeking whom he may devour, and you are one of them. John chapter 8 and verse 44, Jesus said to those Pharisees and priests and scribes and all of the enemies, he said, ye are of your father, the devil. That's pretty straight talking, ain't it? I mean, that ain't beating around the bush. That ain't cutting no corners. That ain't trying to please anybody or keep from offending anybody, is it? Ye are of your father, the devil. They just told him that Abraham was their father. He said, no, your father's the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. So there you go. Jesus identified the devil as a murderer. He, he also told us to not to fear him that can kill the body. Who's that? Well, that's somebody else or the devil. But fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Mm -hmm. That's God. Yes, sir. Now the devil wants to kill you. And not only that, but he has a plan to do so. Yes, sir. For every one of these little children. For every one of us in this room. He still has a plan. He ain't give up on me. He ain't give up and say, well, I ain't never going to get him. Nope. I'm aware that he is still plotting. He's still working. He's still figuring. Anyway. What he plans to do with you is more than just kill you though. He, he intends to take you to hell with him. For eternity. Well, I'm saved. I'll never go to hell. Well, that's one of the dangers of Baptist doctrine. It teaches you not to fear. It, it, and it's, an, it's, an, it's a false doctrine when it's presented in a way that it causes you to assume that. If you think that you can sin and get away with it, you're believing a false doctrine because that's the lie of the devil from the Garden of Eden. That's what he said. You shall not die. He said, you can sin, get away with it. You can do what God said not to do and ain't nothing going to happen to you. And so if you think, I'm saved and on my way to heaven, I've been baptized and I've got my name on the church roll and I'll never end up in hell, you, ain't, you don't have the right understanding. Say, so you believe in scary the believer? Yep, but I believe you got to be a believer. And I believe a real believer is marked by the fact that he continues. He don't go back. He don't live in continual habitual sin. No. <clears throat> and that's the way he lives his life. The Bible's too plain about it. You better fear. You better fear God. When any doctrine that takes away the fear of God, that God can't do nothing to you because you're saved. You said that prayer, you're baptized, and now God can't do nothing with me. God can't deal with me. That's where we've got to now, and that's why the church is on the, on the skids. What he plans to do with you is more than kill you. And his strategy has two stages. I'm going to be simple and hopefully I'll be real quick tonight. But listen to me. He has two things he wants to do. It's two-pronged, his attack. First, he wants you to say no to God. To deny God. 
and turn away from him. That's his first desire. That's what he tried with Jesus in the wilderness. That's what he does with everybody. He tries to get you to say no to God. <clears throat> you want me to tell you when you're on the right road? When you say yes to God. When you say yes to God and no to the devil and no to yourself. You're on the right road. When you're saying no to God and yes to yourself, you're on the wrong road. You're on the road to hell. You better be aware of that. And the devil has got you. That's what he wants you to do. That's his goal and strategy to, to pick at you, to do whatever he can to get you to come up with this idea that, well, what the Bible says is just doesn't matter. That's what they do. That's what they do every time. I've watched them through all the years. They know what it says, but they come to the point where they say, well, this doesn't matter. <clears throat> Sodomites do it. And so do Baptists who sit in church and their children who want to go astray. <clears throat> then, he, to lead you down the road to destruction of your earthly life. See, the devil wants to devour you. But he's got to get you to deny God and say no to God first. If you're saying yes to God, he can't get you on the road to destruction. But when you start saying, ah... No, that's just a little too much there. And I just don't see it that way. And I think I'll go with the majority because the majority of people don't see it that way. Even though the Bible says it very plainly. You know, things like dress, mm, drinking, things like that. You know, uh, chastity, modesty, things like that. You know, that's where the devil always works, isn't it? Isn't it funny that he always works in those areas? When you see somebody going, starting to take the wrong turn, it'll show up right there. Amen. <laughs> you ever watch videos of airplanes crashing? I mean, like taking off. I watched one here a while back, and here this airplane was taking off. It was a little old Cessna or something, and he took off the runway. And he went up like that. And everything looked good until just a certain point. And then you begin, you said, uh-oh. You could see something wrong. And he was, he was going too steep. And then you, then you know something's wrong. And then you know what happens? You see it coming before it happens. You knew immediately when he did something wrong. When he made his first mistake, you saw it. Yes. But you couldn't stop him. This is a thing that I've been thinking about. We was reading, we were reading in John 13 here a while back, and the first verse starts out with Satan entered in to Judas. Well, he was a devil from the beginning. But there, why does it say that right there? They were all gathered for supper, and then the Bible says, then entered Satan into Judas Iscariot. Well, here's what I think. He made up his mind. He made his choice. Finally. And from that point, it didn't matter. Jesus washed his feet. Jesus gave him the cup. Jesus 
spent that sweet time with his disciples, and him included, and nothing would change his mind or turn his course. He was set. And that's why that it's so dangerous. When the devil gets to you, you're done, man. You're done. That's why it's so important to keep the standards and the boundaries close. Do you understand? You're too strict. No, there's a reason for it. It's not just legalism. There's a great danger out there. And it's the devil and he works through these things. And when you make those choices, you're saying no to God. I don't have a single standard that I can't show you in this book right here. And that's for dress or whatever you want to talk about. But but I can see, you know, there's the letter, but I can see it coming before it ever manifests itself. Do you? Do you see it coming in people? Yes. Oh, yeah, you can. Their countenance changes. There's something about their spirit that changes. Their company changes. There's so much that goes on. But anyway, listen to me. There's the two prongs of the devil's attack. To get you to turn against God. To just say no to God. Just deny God. Even if it's in the seemingly the smallest matter. He'll use any and all means available to lead you down the path of saying no to God. I don't know how to expound on this enough to make you understand that it is exactly what I'm saying. The devil will use all means available. And he is he has 6,000 years of experience with human beings doing this. So he is good at it. Subtle, slick, sneaky, convincing. He knows how to get you. He knows what you like. He knows what tickles your fancy. He knows what draws your eye. He knows what stirs your heart's desires. And that's what he'll use on you. It's true. He's not going to use something else. He'll use something that's, that he knows will work on you. You see, each case is, uh, you know, custom made for you. He knows how to do it. He'll use every person that he can manipulate through deceit and lies to get to you. He'll use every person. Do you hear me? The devil will use every person that you associate with, that's in your family, that's where you work. He'll use everybody he can to get to you. I don't think people even begin to realize this. I know worldly people don't realize the danger. And especially women. What well, did you tell another day, Esther, that hiking thing out there and some woman posted on there, I'm going to be at so-and-so trail on a certain, certain date, such, such time, and I'll be alone. I'm looking for a partner. All right, now, think about it. 
Either that is the most dumb woman that I've ever heard of in my life, or that's a man posting, baiting a woman. See, that's how the devil works. He works every angle, every side, coming and going, backwards and forwards, up and down. He's got a trap for you every way you turn. And he's got somebody, he'll, everybody is susceptible to his lies and deceit. And he'll use every person. Listen to this. First Chronicles 21 verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked who to number Israel? David, the king. The devil was against Israel and wanted to destroy Israel and he provoked David to number the people. Do you get that? Do you think he couldn't do that in your life? With somebody who's important in your life? Somebody you love in your life? Somebody you trust in your life? You don't think the devil could trick them to get you? Dangerous game we're playing here. It calls for being, uh, being sober and being vigilant. He'll work on you through your desires, the things you like and are drawn to, and he may not, and that may not even be evil things or, or things that are wrong in themselves. But listen to me, in your pursuit of what you like and what you enjoy, he'll lead you out into worldly places and worldly people where his strongholds are and where you are unprotected and vulnerable. In pursuit of things you like, things you enjoy. You you just keep he just keeps it leading you over just a little at a time, like you do an animal when you're trying to trap him. Like you're doing with a fish when you can see him and you're putting the bait in front of him. You lead him right over to where you can get him. That's the way the devil does you. That's the way he will do with you. Be careful about what you allow yourself. Warnings. Before you know it, you'll be entangled and contaminated in your mind with ideas and notions that are straight from the mind of the devil himself. He draws you out through your desires into his territory where he has the advantage. Where you start listening to them instead of him. And he's accomplished his purpose. You're saying yes to them and you don't even realize you, you said no to God. God will give you answers. God will give you direction. God will help you. If he won't, what are we doing here? If that ain't true, what, are we even, what do we even think we are or what we're doing? The, the, he says he will. And he will. We don't need them. Stay away from the world. It's the devil's territory. He works all angles while executing his plan for your destruction. Listen closely to me. Even the people you, who love you and want to protect you can be recruited by him through deceit and his subtle ways. Remember David. Satan provoked David to number Israel. 
and brought the judgment of God on them. Of all people that he could have worked through, look, at, look who the devil worked through. David. Said, Why? Well, for whatever reason. He was, he, the devil lied to him. The devil suggested it to him. The devil met, reasoned in his mind with him about it and he did it. Just like everybody else does. Like we all do. When we're not sober and vigilant. We, when we're not watching those thoughts. When we're not watching where they're coming from. Not questioning where they're coming from in our own mind. When we think we're just sitting here, boy, we've got control. It's me, I'm thinking. And you, we just don't even think about the fact that somebody's interfering. Inter interposing in our minds things. Injecting, infecting our minds with thoughts from an evil source. Oh, we don't believe that. You better believe it. While, while they're trying to reason, see, when we have a problem, like if you're talking about leading, talking to somebody about the Lord the other day, Seth, just think about it. Here's a lost person, and here's somebody that knows God. That close to him, talking to him. You think the devil's just going to step back and say, can't do nothing about this. I know better than that because I've been in too many situations like that and the devil, and the devil never fails to intervene. The phone rings. Somebody comes knocking on a door. Something happens. So if the devil's involved in it, he's working both angles. Now listen to me. He... The, the person who's trying to reason with this person. Now, how do we normally do? We think in our mind about we're trying to put ourselves where they're at and what they're thinking and we're trying to, we're trying to play chess with them. Really. Could the devil suggest something to you that's wrong? Very much. To tell them? Yes, he can. We need to be aware of that. We need to realize that we're not Superman, super spiritual Superman. That we're not invincible to the devil's attacks and interference when we're trying to do the Lord's work and when we're trying to deal with a soul or somebody that's out of the way. We gotta gird up the loins of our mind and we gotta be and we gotta keep our spirit and we gotta realize where these ideas to tell him are coming from. Where's your only safe source? Right here. You're safe. As long as you're reasoning with the Word of God. When it gets into psychology, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm talking about we start reasoning and thinking and trying to figure out a way to persuade them and, and kind of feel their, you know, you know, you understand what I'm talking about. The Word of God is our sword. It's, it is the offensive weapon that we have, the only one. We can use it to deal with a soul straight on and the devil, man, he has a hard time interfering with that. But if he can get in our thoughts and get us to reason, and I hope you can understand that. I won't keep hammering on it, but I'm just telling you. Out of our desperation and fear and pride, 
we'll grab at anything that's thrown our way. Especially if it's somebody that is real important to us. Like one of our children. Like our spouse. Somebody that's, that's slipping from us in death or whatever. You ever talk to somebody that's dying? Oh my. It's such a hard thing sometimes. Sometimes it's a joy. And sometimes it's just a grievous thing. One time we had the store down at the bluff. That was 20 years ago. And Danita called. And they had a friend of theirs knew somebody. And man's in the hospital there in the bluff. He was fixing to die. Want me to go up there and talk to him. I went up there. And that man was as stone cold hard as a rock. He was as unresponsive to anything about God or his soul or the danger he was facing. There was just nothing to be done. He wouldn't respond to anything. He was conscious. He just said cold hard. I prayed for him and left. And he died and went to hell. That's what happened to him. Too late. Remember, the devil has the microphone of the world. And so if it's coming from that direction, it's assuredly coming from Satan. So beware. If it's coming from that direction, if it's coming from the world's direction, do you know how to figure that out? Where's God going to speak to you? Through reels on Facebook? No. Through, uh, you know, some kind of drama show or Christian movies or something like that. Is God going to speak to you through that? Is He going to speak to you through songs in a concert? Now He can speak to our heart through a song. Bless us. But God's not going to teach us and enforce doctrine and truth and righteousness in us with songs. No. Souls are not saved by songs. Nope, 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 nope. They're part of worship. But they're not part of, of the... God chose preaching. To save the lost. Preaching of what? What they learned in college? No, preaching of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It's the Word of God. Yes. So if it's not coming from there, then it's, it's help from the other side. Beware. Be sober. Be vigilant. How can I stress that enough? If you got help, if you got ideas, if you got something to input, tell me where you got it in the Bible. That's what you must do. You must get it from the Bible. Be sober, be vigilant. Resist steadfast in the faith. If you knew that somebody was following you around, looking for a chance to kill you, would you be sober and vigilant? I don't know why I keep trying to say vigilant. Vigilant, would you be paying attention? 
or would you be careless as a mouse in a field full of rattlesnakes? Most Christians are like that. And they got just about as much of a chance of surviving as that mouse does. Fear should not be what motivates us in this matter. Somebody, if you knew somebody was following you around trying to kill you, you'd be afraid. Now the devil is doing that. Literally. Trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy you. But our motive in resisting him, our power in resisting him does not lie in fear. But in knowledge and faith and love for those who will be affected by your demise at the devil's hands. Do you ever think of that? We're an army. We depend upon one another. When you're in a real physical war, and you're fighting, everybody depends on everybody else. It's important. When they fall, it's a weakness. I thought today about when, when Jackson got, when Jackson died, Lee said, I've lost my right arm. So he's lost his left, and I have yeah. lost my right arm. Yeah. So, there, it was a great loss. It weakened everything. Well, that's what it does. Does that is that spiritually true? Yes. In the spiritual realm? With the churches? Yes, it most certainly is. You don't have to fall into deep sin, but just be totally uh, incapacitated in the walk of God. I don't walk in places where there might be snakes with fear. I mean, if I did, I'd be in terrible trouble because I'm around where there's snakes a lot of the time. But I don't go around just scared to death when my knees are tangling and everything. There might be a snake. I'll stick my hand under a lumberstone thinking there may be a snake under there, but i got to do this. If I feel something, I'll know what it is. <laughs> I don't walk in fear of snakes, but I'm not careless. I, I'm watching because I know they might be there. Mm-hmm. I tell these kids all the time, they've found the backyard and they want to go back there and play. And I say, don't go back there. There's snakes back. You're, you're liable to get on a snake. I warn them. I warn them. <clears throat> they don't pay much attention. They ain't seen one yet. They haven't got bit by one yet. Mm-hmm. So what's a snake? That's how Christians are. See, I'm preaching, trying to preach. And we know this stuff's right. You know what I'm telling you is true, but still it's just like, you know, you ain't been bit hard enough, bad enough. You ain't nearly died yet. If you really knew the situation. Furthermore, if somebody's with me, I always say to them, watch for snakes. Now, I do that not out of fear, but out of concern for their safety because they're careless. They're not going to watch. What if, what if they get snake bit and I didn't say nothing? Well, if they do get snake bit, I'm going to be able to say, I told you to watch. <laughs> well, 
Paul said, I, he said, I'd do my best to live with a clear, uh, you know, conscience clean before God and men. What's a watchman supposed to do? What are you supposed to do for those around you? We get to this in just a second here, but it's all. We're all together in this. When any of our family leaves the house to drive on the highways, what do we always say? Esther, what I always tell you. Be careful. Why do I say that? You don't you don't have no idea. I've done that before. You see why I tell you. You see why I tell you. Slow down. Be careful. I say be careful. We always do because there are dangers out there waiting. And we know that if you be careful, you're not you're less likely to get hurt or killed. If you be careful. Now you may be careful and still have trouble, but if you're watching and if that's what being careful means, watch. Watch out. Watch out for the other guy. Don't be messing with your phone while you're driving. Don't be turned around backwards. Pay attention. Be careful. All it takes is one split second. And it's disaster. Your life's either over or changed forever. Be careful. There's danger. And that's what God is saying to us here. Be sober. Be, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and that is you. He's after you. And he's wanting you to deny God. That's the first thing he's going to work on you. He's going to question everything about what's right. And especially in these ungodly times, these filthy times that we're living in. Where cleanliness and purity and righteousness is so evil spoken of. It's going to be hard on your pride and hard on you to do right if you care what this world thinks about it. And if you let their sneers and their ridicule and their mocking get to you, then you're going to start questioning God. Saying, well, you know... Everybody else just dropped that stuff and so they and they're doing okay. Go ahead. The devil's got you. The minute you do, the devil's got you. And I've watched it too many times. I've said this over and over, but I've seen it all. I'm watching the reruns now. Everything I see happening, I've seen it before. I've watched this airplane crash and I know it's going to do it this time. It's just a rerun of the same old story. Starts out the same way, ends the same way. It's what God's saying to us. Be careful. Watch for Him. He's following you and looking for every opportunity. Every opportunity. It's not a thing that he's, He just swings at you once in a while. It ain't something that you just run into the devil occasionally. That he just gives you a little heartache and trouble once in a great while. No, he's after you every day. Every minute of every day. Every thought you think, he's waiting for the opportunity to insert himself. Be sober. Be vigilant. 
He's working every angle, using anybody else he can to try to lead you down a path that will get you away from God and on the road to destruction. And then knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Listen to me for just a minute. Be sober, be vigilant, and be aware that Satan is after all of us and not just you. He's after me, you, 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 every one of us. He's after all of us. He's after our children. The same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Be sober. Watch out for other people. Stand for what is right. Be the right example. Somebody has to do right. Well, what about you? Are you going to be the one that does right? Somebody has to. At some point in your life, you're going to have to make that decision. Are you going to do right or not? What are you going to do if nobody else does? Are you still going to do right? you got to make up your mind about that. I, I, I did a long time ago. I, I did not care anymore. If people mocked or made fun of me, I knew better. I knew that I knew things they didn't know yet. <clears throat> so their ridicule doesn't humiliate me. It doesn't just drain all the sap out of me. It doesn't. Does it you? Can you take their ridicule? Can you take their sneers and their sideways looks and their smirks? Can you take it? You think that's real tough, do you? Well, what about a whip on your back? What about getting smit in the face, spit in your face? What about being crucified? What about that? What about being tied to a stake and burnt alive? That's a little bit more than just a smirk from some poor ignorant sinner who don't understand nothing. Don't allow yourself things that might cause a weaker brother to stumble or perish. No matter how much you like it or how sure you are that nothing is wrong with it. That is a whole sermon right there. How many things in your life do you allow yourself to indulge in? That you indulge yourself in because there ain't nothing wrong with it. You can't show me where the Bible says it's wrong. And I got a right. And, and it's nobody's business. And if they don't like it, or they don't agree with it, then tough. Hmm. That sound like a Christian attitude? No, Paul said, If meat make my brother to offend, I'll eat no meat while the world standeth. And he had already talked about everything is from God, and it's sanctified by the Word of God in prayer. Nothing unclean as far as food. But he said, If meat make my brother to offend, I'll not eat any meat while the world standeth. I'd rather... It, there's nothing wrong with it, and God says there's nothing wrong with it, but if it's, it's going to cause somebody to perish, I won't eat it. 
Do you have that kind of attitude? I mean, in this battle, it's important. We're in this together. It's accomplished in our brethren. We got to keep one another's backs and we got to keep from stumbling over one another. So, what I like and what I want and what I prefer, that's not important at all. What's important is you. You're more important than I am. You're more important than me getting what I want. You're more important than me pleasing myself. And it's the same with you toward everybody else. They're more important than you're pleasing yourself. Getting what you want. Doing what you please. Try to keep the roads that lead away from God closed in your own life. And also in those you're responsible for. How many roads are there in our homes that lead out there to the, to the world? Once they enter into, into the way that leads to destruction, it's very seldom that they can be rescued before they're destroyed. Do you all understand that? <laughs> That's the terrible thing about sin. Praise the Lord for salvation, for a Savior, for the atonement. But do you realize that few there be that find it? Do you realize that most of humanity, most of humanity is going to be lost forever in spite of God's provision and in spite of God's work? When you get on that road to destruction, man, it is risky business. You're, li- you're most likely... I mean, the odds are very much against you ever returning. You're done. You're like the airplane. When you take that exit off of the way that is right, that leadeth to life, and you hear, here's another one that seemeth right, but it's the ways of death. This is better. This will work. I don't have to stay on the straight and narrow. This is, this is right too. Well, you, very few are ever rescued off of that. Guard your own heart and mind from the steady beating of the world's drums. You hear me? Their pleasures, their filthy immorality, their philosophies about life, and right and wrong. Guard your heart and your mind from that steady drumbeat of the world. Turn it off. Get away from it. We was reading the other day, Isaac went out into the field to meditate at eventide. Why did he go out in the field? Ain't nobody else there. What is out there? Well, there's, there's flowers and fresh air, birds and God. What do you go out there to do? Meditate. Meditate on what? The drama going on in his life. <laughs> I went out there to meditate on God. You want to know how to calm all the drama down in your life? Meditate on God. 
Just think about God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on His wonderful face. The things of this world will grow strangely dim. That's the way it works. That's what I told you about the Psalms the other day. That's the way it works. The, the longer you live and grow, the stronger you get in the Lord, the more you're going to focus on God and not everything else. devil can't get you if your eyes are on God. His only chance is if He can divert your eyes away long enough to look at what He's got and think about what He's saying. Be sober. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Guard your heart and your mind. Remember that we're engaged in a war, and it's a war of wars. The war of wars between good and evil. There's never been a war fought on earth. And there's been some bad, awful wars. They've never ceased. Wars have always been. But there's never been a war like this war that we're involved in. There's never been a war where the stakes are so high. Do y'all realize that? What's at stake here? Eternity. Souls of men for eternity. Wars were fought over territory and, and riches and junk. We're, this war is not about that. The worth of a soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know? <laughs> if you had one soul and piled all the world's riches up, would it, which one would be worth the most? Jesus said to that rich man, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. One soul is worth... And that's what this war is about. It's our souls. The lives. Alright, the stakes are high and there's no room for carelessness or fraternizing with the enemy or being AWOL. Live every day and remind yourself often during the day of this fact that Satan is after your very life. He's after the life of your dear little child. He's after the life of your spouse, your friend, your loved ones, your Christian brethren. And step up and be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Remind yourself of those things often, every day. Realize that we are in this battle and everybody's fighting the devil. And sometimes they need a hand. Sometimes they need a backup. Back them up against the devil. Don't attack them with the devil. Don't join the devil in attacking them. Resist the devil steadfast in the faith, he said. Guard your mind and thoughts and examine where every imagination comes from before he gets his foot in the door of your, of your mind. Battles in the mind. <clears throat> Think about where that's coming from. Your present reasoning. Whatever thing you're rolling around in your mind. Look, watch out for the devil's input. Through the world. Through somebody else. From some other angle. Fill your mind and heart with the Word of God. And 
Study to show yourself approved unto God. Skillful. Be skillful with the sword of the Spirit. When Jesus faced the devil alone, how did he respond to the devil? The Word of God. Pure Word of God. He didn't reason with him. He answered him with the Scripture. How are we going to resist the devil? Same way. God said, Thus saith the Lord, The Lord said, You're a liar, devil. You resist him that way. Pay attention. That's what happens while men slept. The enemy came. And sowed tares. They had it all just right. They had plowed, sowed the field with wheat. And while men slept, an enemy came and sowed tares. And they didn't know it until the tares came up. And then what? It's too late. Can't pull the tares up to destroy all the wheat. So don't be sleeping on the job. Pay attention. It's very, you know, don't live in the world like you're of the world and this is just a thing we're doing, life, side way, and you're just, you know. Realize this is really what's going on behind the scenes every day of your life. <clears throat> Watch your children. Watch one another. Watch out for the devil trying to slip in. And prevent it every time you can. It's worth it's worth the whatever it costs. These little children, you know, and the cars running. I remember one night Ada ran out the door here, and a car or truck came roaring down the highway and she, or the street, and there she was, head. You know, it scares you to death. <clears throat> you don't. Nobody sits still and say, "Well, I wonder why it's going to happen." You know, everybody's stop, you know, and everybody's racing to do something. And why do we sit so still while the devil works his and winds his slippery self all around somebody? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Better speak up against him, <clears throat> resist him, steadfast in the faith. Father, thank you for the word of God. And thank you for the truths we've looked at here tonight. Really real, really true. Please help us, Father, to take these things to heart. What would I, I would do anything if I could get these folks, if you would help me myself to remember these things and apply them in our lives tomorrow as we leave the building here tonight to begin to think in things as they really are. Instead of our blind fog that we live in most of the time. While the devil just works all around us and we don't even know. God help us. Help everybody get home safely. Please bless the rest of the week here. Help these sick folks. Help us with the problems with the building getting done. Lord help us with that. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.